Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma crew. I hope you enjoyed my new intro. I am loving it. I'm so excited today because I had this epiphany that I had to bring to my adoptee family. I am sick, I am under the weather, but I am not letting that stop me from bringing this podcast to you right now. So I was looking through my phone at some photos, old photos, I'm trying to kind of rework my uh, podcast art. And so I was looking through photos and I found this one from, I don't know, maybe four or five years back. It was around Halloween time, it was October, and we were dressing up at work. And so I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be. And I saw this really cute makeup for a scarecrow. So that's what I was for Halloween. And I'm gonna post the picture of that on my social media so you can see. I thought it was super cute. But I got to thinking about how we as adoptees put on pretenses and pretend that we're something else. Now, sometimes it's fun, right? At Halloween time, I thought it was great fun dressing up as a scarecrow. And it's fun to dress up sometimes. Maybe you put on a wig or you do your makeup different or I don't know, you wear something different and you kind of it makes you feel different. You put on a different persona when you put that thing on. The other picture that I came across was, I don't know, maybe a year ago or so, it was this thing that everybody was cartooning themselves. And so you would, you know, go on this site or whatever and you'd pick a picture of your face and they would like turn it into a cartoon. And I just thought, man, isn't that how a lot of adoptees feel that you're a character, a character? How do you say that? Character? I can't say it. But you know what I'm talking about. So I was thinking, that's perfect. That is, it looks like us, but it's not really us, right? And I did that with one of my pictures. So I'm going to put that on my social media as well, just so you could see that. But I just thought, perfect. That's perfect. And it's Halloween and dress up time. And so I just thought I would talk about how we put on different faces and emotions and feelings and just do things that maybe we're not even checking in with ourselves about, but we look around and see the reactions of others or know how someone's going to react or what their expectations are of us. And that dictates what we do. And I was talking to a friend today and she's been having a lot of health issues for a long time. Nobody can really figure out what's going on with her. She lives far away from any friends and family. She feels isolated and is just not feeling the greatest mentally or physically. And so I was talking to her today and I kind of started to try and meditate on her and try to see if I could what I could feel what I could sense. And I sensed this huge blockage in her. And I said, when I think about you, I cannot breathe. I feel like my diaphragm is cement. Like it is so blocked and so thick that something's blocking the energy in your body. And then I meditated a little bit more and just got quiet. 
And what came to me about her was I could see her body and all these wires running through it. And they were going, they were crossing and they were plugging into the wrong spots and it was just all rewired. And so I said to her, I said, I feel like your neuropathways and what you've experienced as a child has caused your neuropathways to kind of get crossed. And that has been reinforced over the years. And so those neuropathways are just so ingrained that it's like a blockage. It's not going to be easy to rewire those thoughts in your brain about what's going on with you. And I think we all know that our mental state can really affect us physically. And I kind of think that's what's going on with her. And even though she's not an adoptee, she did experience trauma as a child. I don't know if you remember the book Flowers in the Attic, but she brought that book up. And, you know, I think it was maybe junior high or something that that was popular for me, which was, you know, early mid 80s or something. And she said, that's how I felt. And when I read that book, it was just an epiphany to me that I felt like I was locked up in this room. And she just felt like she could never be herself. Her parents had these huge expectations of her being this and doing that. And she did things in school, like being a cheerleader and, you know, being in this club and doing this and that, because that's what her parents enjoyed. They were living through her in a way and wanted her to be a certain way. She was super smart. And they just were like, you're going to do great things. And what she really wanted to do was be a cosmetologist. And her mother made it so clear that that was not an option. So that's just so sad. And what she did was she just pursued all these different avenues and they were nothing, nothing that she wanted to really do. And now she's midlife age and just feeling like it's too late to start anything else. And she's just living out her life for her child that she has. And I know so many adoptees that are in that same spot, stuck. And so many times when you have been living a lie forever and ever and ever, and changing and finally figuring out who you are sounds so hard and exhausting that the only energy you have left is to get through today. You don't have the energy to explore or be curious or try and figure out another career or find a new relationship. It's, it's exhausting. So the next thing I want to bring up is a little hack. And it's funny because I am a huge fan of Mel Robbins. I don't know if you listen to Mel Robbins her and I are on the same wavelength. We think exactly the same. She's a straight shooter, just like I am. She doesn't sugarcoat anything, okay? I do kind of try and sugarcoat. She doesn't. She says it just like I want to say it. And she has started a podcast, and I listened to her latest episode today. And I want to say, Mel Robbins, I love you, but I hate you right now because... (laughs) 
This 54321 thing I've been doing forever. And I thought it was stupid. And so I never told anybody about this hack. And you've come out with it and you wrote a book and you've probably made millions off of this idea. So I'm mad at you right now. <laughs> I love you, but I'm mad at you. So let me share my hack that Mel Robbins stole from me, okay? Even though she didn't know that I'd come up with a hack. This is the hack. So if you are down in the dumps and cannot even get out of bed, you feel so horrible, okay? This is what the hack is. So Mel Robbins was watching TV. She was super down in the dumps because of a thousand things were going wrong in her life, okay? And she saw this commercial and it showed this rocket and it said five, four, three, two, one, and this rocket takes off, right? So she has this epiphany that I can't get out of bed to like even function to fix what's going on in my life. But what I'm gonna do tomorrow is when my alarm goes off, instead of hitting the snooze button 5,000 times because I'm depressed, the moment that alarm goes off, I am going to shoot out of bed like a rocket and I'm going to get moving and I'm going to make some changes in my life. And this is what I'm doing tomorrow morning. First thing, I'm shooting out of bed. So next morning, the alarm goes off and she reaches over to hit the snooze button. And then she remembers that she had made this promise. And what happens is... If you stop to think about why you're not getting out of bed, you're not gonna get out of bed. It's not gonna happen. Once that brain starts working and being like, but, but, but this, but that, and then the anxiety kicks in and you start thinking about things too much, you overthink it, right? You have to do the countdown. This works for me. It's worked for me. If it's something I do not want to do, but I know I need to do it, I say in my head, five, four, three, two, one, go. And I just go. I don't think, I don't do anything. I start doing it. I start moving. If you are one of those people that when your eyes open, you immediately feel that anxiety and it just moves from your feet all the way up into your chest and your head and that's it. Your day is screwed, okay? Don't let it don't let it go there. You don't even think. Just move. That business call that you have to make. That phone call to the vet that you have to do. That 30-second walk that you promised yourself forever that you would start doing, that resume that you've been putting off to fill out and submit. Get up and do it. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Just do it. Just start. It might look ugly. It might feel ugly. It might turn out ugly. But you are going in the right direction. You are getting out of bed and you're doing it, okay? And even if you make a mistake, you learn from it and you change and you 
go around it and make a different way. It's not the end of the world is what I'm trying to say. Making mistakes is not the end of the world. Even if your five, four, three, two, one is getting out of bed and feeding your dog, then feed your dog. Now, let me tell you, it's not going to be fun. You are going to hate it, okay? You're going to hate the 54321 method. I did for a long time, but it got my ass moving, okay? It got shit done that I didn't want to do, but it got done, and I felt better after doing it. And I get more done using that than anything else. And what Mel Robbins said in her episode was basically that motivation is a joke. If you're going to sit around and wait for motivation, motivation is never there when you need it. It's never there. You can sit around and wait for it, but it's not going to save you. And like I've told you, the only person that can save you is you. And the other thing that Mel Robbins says, it's my favorite quote that I've heard her say so far is my biggest breakthrough moments happen when I finally admit that I'm tired of my own shit. Are you tired of your own shit? It's so easy to point fingers at our birth family, our adopted family, this person, that person, my trauma, my this, my that. I can't, I can't do life because I've been traumatized and I'm paralyzed. You know what? That's okay. But what's not okay is staying down in the pit. And what I'm going to say right now, you might not want to hear. Trigger warning, okay? But the shovel that dug that hole was yours. It was your shovel. And I know a lot of times all we want to do is kick and scream and say, it's not fair, it's not fair. This happened to me and it wasn't fair. You know what? It probably wasn't fair. But are you going to let whatever that was keep you stuck? Whatever that person did to you, you're going to give them that power to allow you to be stuck. You're allowing it. You're allowing it. And until you're tired of your own shit, it can't change. Now, let me say this. Being an adoptee and a child or even a baby the trauma that you experienced was not your fault. In those cases, somebody grabbed the shovel out of your hands and started to dig the hole. And that's why it feels so unfair is because somebody grabbed your shovel and started to dig a hole for you, a hole that you did not want to go down into. But as an adult now, it is your responsibility to start making your way out of the hole. Now, let me tell you, I was in such a deep hole that when I finally looked up, because I was so busy digging the hole, 
and doing the work and being busy and living life. And every day was Groundhog's Day and I'm just trying to survive. Dig, dig, dig. That when I finally was tired of my own shit and I looked up, I could barely see a pinhole of light I had dug so deep. I had a failing marriage. I had huge bills that weren't going to get paid. And I realized I was so unhappy because I was so far from myself that life sucked. And I think what finally happened was the hole got so deep that when the dirt, when I would try and shovel the dirt and throw it out of the hole, it was coming right back on top of my head. The hole was so deep. And I think that was my wake up call was this dirt. I was literally burying myself at that point. I wasn't even digging a hole. I was digging my grave. I seriously was because I was dying. I started dying inside and I was so far into feeling that that I felt like I was physically dying and I was digging my own grave, literally. And if that's not the biggest fucking wake up call that anyone can get, it was that. And I looked up and saw that pinhole of light and at least I could see that little bit of light. And that gave me the courage to start finding my way out of the hole. I told myself that I was worth it. That my life meant something and my happiness meant something. And if anyone in my life didn't agree with that, then they're gone. They're gone. And so, yeah, I had to get rid of some people in my life. And my ex-husband was one of them. He was keeping me or trying to keep me. I am not going to say he kept me in the hole because he didn't. I allowed him to keep me in the hole. I really did. I believed the things he would tell me about myself and he would sabotage me and I allowed it. So when I finally drew the line in the sand, I meant it. I meant it this time. And if you crossed it, that was it. I could not afford the energy to allow you to do that to me anymore. All my energy was going into finding myself and making a life that I loved. Are you digging your own grave right now? Look up. Look up and see the light. It's there. That light is you. You are that light way up there. That's you. That is your happiness. That is the life that you want to live. That is your authenticity. Start getting out of the hole. We are all waiting for you to come out of the hole. We all need you. You need you. And we're waiting. We are waiting for the authentic you to show up. But you know what the hardest thing about getting out of the hole is? You can't start climbing your way out of the hole 
if you're still holding on to the shovel. You have to let go of the shovel. You have to let go of the finger pointing, the anger. It just can't matter. You have to let it go and drop the shovel. It's all about you now. So start doing the things that you want to do. You are all that matters, especially when you're digging yourself out of the hole. And let me tell you, people will show up. Unexpected people will show up to hold you up. It happened to me. I had friends come out of the woodwork that I hadn't seen in 30 years. They were the biggest supporters and helpers for me in that horrible time of finding myself. It wasn't fun. I'm not going to tell you it was. It wasn't. It was hard. But man, I am so glad I did that. I am so glad I did it. It was it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, ever. But it was either that or die. Literally die a miserable life. And in that moment, I was like, hell no. I'm a survivor. I'm a strong person. I'm getting myself out of this fucking hole. I'm out of here. No, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. I'm done with my own shit. I'm done. I dropped my shovel and I started climbing out of that fucking hole. And all those people that were at the top of the hole shouting down at me, you don't know what's out here. It could be bad. This could be bad for you. You know, at least you know where you're at. You're down in the hole and you're safe. Nothing can get you out down there. So you don't want to come out here and see what's out here because it's pretty scary. And those people were still yelling at me as I was coming out of that hole because hell, they did not want me to come out of that hole. They didn't. <laughs> I think they could see in my eyes the determination and I think it scared them shitless, okay? I'm coming out. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you, okay? Get out of my way because I'm coming. That's what I did because I'm worth it. Your opinion, your opinion, and your opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So give them the middle finger as you walk by them all and walk towards the life that you want to live. Okay, bye. You're out of there. And let me say this. All the hatred that I felt towards a lot of people when I was down in that hole and blaming and anger towards these people, when I realized that I was allowing all of this shit to happen, I was able to let it go. And I can honestly say, I wish the best for each and every person that wanted me to stay down in the hole. I don't wish any ill will on them. I don't. Everyone's got their own shovel in their hands. And they're allowed to dig the deepest hole that they want to dig, just like I did. I hope that they stop digging the hole. I hope that they drop their shovel. But 
If they don't, that's not my problem. And I don't have to stick around to be a part of that. And I know that there are things said about me that I don't feel is true. I know there's two sides to every story. But I can't worry about that. Because if people want to believe that about me, then they don't know who I am. They don't know me. And that's okay. What they think about me, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in my daily life. And I don't care. The funny thing that happens when you start living an authentic life is those things just don't bother you anymore. It really is magical how that happens. Because I believe that a lot of the anger that anybody has, not just adoptees, but anybody is caused when we allow someone to grab the shovel out of our hands and start digging. And you're like, wait a second, that's my shovel and you just crossed my boundary. But the anger and resentment comes in when we don't say that someone has crossed that boundary and we allow them to do it. Did you hear what I just said? We allow them to do it. And then instead of getting mad at ourselves for allowing the boundary to be crossed, we get mad at the other person for crossing the boundary. It's so much easier to point the finger at someone else and blame them, isn't it? It's harder to look in the mirror at yourself and say, I did that. I allowed it. But that's what you need to do to make a change. You have to look at yourself and see where the mistakes were made. What would you have changed? What would you have done different? Those are the things that are going to tell you what you want to do. The biggest indicator of what you want in life is writing a list of the things that you don't want or you don't want to repeat and then flip the script on it and see, okay, I didn't want this. And that is going to help you point to what you do want especially if you are becoming authentic and trying to figure out who you are, a lot of times you don't know what you want. You've never been asked. You've never felt like you had the freedom to be yourself. And so you have no idea where to start. Where to start is to make a list of what you do not want. It seems easier to write that list when you are in that situation than writing the things that you do want. So the great thing is that you are one decision away from making a different life. And I'm going to say right now that that is something that Mel Robbins stole from me also. I'm just, I'm just saying (laughs) Mel stole that from me, but it's true. You are one decision away from making a decision that's going to change your life. And that decision is looking up and seeing that little pinhole of light and dropping your shovel. Drop the victim cards. Because what is that getting you? Is it getting you anything positive holding on to those those victim cards? 
You know what I use my victim cards for? I use them to help the next person, the person behind me, the person that needs to hear my story. I will show them my victim card and say, this is what happened to me. And this is how I turned it around to something positive. That is how you use your victim cards. That is how you use whatever you've been through, whatever trauma, whatever horrible thing that you've been through. You use that to help somebody else. And it feels so good to help other people. And I feel like you have gone through that thing to help other people. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole purpose of growing is to help someone else grow. So let's pick up our shovels now that we're out of the hole and let's dig a small hole and plant a tree or plant a flower or a pretty bush and help another person grow. Now, I do want to set a little disclaimer here because I know some people have had some major traumas, okay? I am not trying to belittle those huge traumas that you have had by trying to make this a simple adjustment in a 30-minute podcast. Please, 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 if you need professional help with a trauma, do not hesitate to find a therapist. It is difficult sometimes to find a good therapist. The first one might not be a good fit, but please keep searching because when you find that person that you can confide in, it is worth everything. Please seek professional help if you think you need it. So, Mel Robbins is doing a challenge. She is doing the 54321 challenge. And what she wants everyone to do, and I'm challenging you as well, since this is really my 54321 idea. <laughs> She's challenging everyone to do the 54321 challenge for five days. Set your alarm. And five, four, three, two, one, jump out of bed and get something done. Just try it for five days. Five days, that's all we're asking. Mel and I, Mel and Mel, we are asking you just to try it for five days. And like she said, what is the worst that can happen that you got up for five days and you feel the same? But I don't really think that's what's going to happen. So just trust me and do this and let me know how it goes. I want to know how it goes. I want to know if it helped or not. And if you look on Mel Robbins page, there'll be more about it. You can follow her. I think she's awesome. I love her. I really do. I do love her. She is like my twin sister that I never knew that I had. So now that I have bestowed all these great ideas for you in this podcast of 30 minutes, I'm going to ask you to spend one minute to do me a favor. If you have not gone on your listening platform and reviewed and rated this podcast, please, please, please do so. It will help get the word out about this podcast 
so that we can educate the world on adoption. You have no idea what your one minute will do for me and this podcast. So I am hoping that you will do me this small favor. Thank you in advance. If adoption has touched your life and you are any part of the adoption constellation, I used to say triad, but now I'm saying constellation because if it has touched your life in any way and you would like to share your story, please contact me at my email address, mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. Your story is important. It is. And the world wants to hear it. I think the more we get our stories out, the more other adoptees will find their voice and feel like they can tell their story too. Every story is unique and every story can educate the world. If you have written a book, if you do art that has something to do with adoption, if you have done research on adoption trauma or reunions or genealogy and you would like to get the word out about that if it has anything to do with adoption please contact me i would love to have you on the show i would love to support any adoptee that has written a book or has any kind of endeavor that has to do with adoption i'm here to support you and promote you it is time to educate the world As always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time. Oh my gosh, Tomlin. Are you serious? This is what I put up with, guys.